Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. That was a little bit of Jeff Healy uh, from Jeff Healy Band, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, what a musician he was. What a great loss to the music industry. All right. Got a full show today. Want to tell you about uh, my first guest who is standing by to join us. Uh, this is a great book, Brat Pack America. Kevin Smokler is standing by to join us. Good morning, Kevin. Morning. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely. Tell me about this great book. Oh, <laughs> thank you for saying so. Uh, Rat Pack America is a love letter to 80s teen movies. 55 of your favorite 80s teen movies are in this book. Uh, and I kind of framed it as what did America look like in the 1980s, both in actuality and through the eyes of the 80s teen movie. Mm-hmm. And in the front cover and back cover of the book is a map of the United States and where all of these movies took place. And I use that as a way of uh, testifying to uh, how great these movies were then and how great they are still. Well, I have teenage daughters, and I had them watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I've gotten a bunch of letters from people with teenage kids and junior high, junior high school and high school teachers mm-hmm. who say year in and year out, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a favorite movie of teenagers who were, you know, 10 years from being born when the movie first came to theaters. Yeah, I mean, the, you just don't get tired of watching this. It's, it's just uh, something you can watch, you know, at, at any age, really. It's a really, Ferris Bueller specifically is a really special movie, and it's, you know, it's, on, it's in the Library of Congress's National Film Registry, which means, wow. according to, you know, the Library of Congress, and by extension the United States, is, it's as important a movie to this nation as The Wizard of Oz and Casablanca. <laughs> so what inspired you to write this book? Uh, well, the, the easy answer is these are, of course, the movies of my childhood. I'm 43 years old, and Ferris, I was 13 when Ferris Bueller's Day Off, so Ferris was a little <laughs> bit older than me. But, okay. uh, but I, definitely, I definitely enjoyed the idea of ditching school, and you know, not with a Ferrari, of course, of course. <laughs> with, um, of course. <laughs> uh, with ditching school and spending the day in downtown Chicago, which was only four hours from where I grew up in southeast Michigan. Um, but more importantly, I, I kept looking at the fact that as we were celebrating the 20th, 25th, and 30th, birthdays of these movies, that they were still around, that people still loved them, and it wasn't simple nostalgia. People, uh, they continued to inspire younger filmmakers. Uh, they, conti- uh, they were obviously the older brothers and sisters of movies like Mean Girls and Juno and television shows like Stranger Things. Yes. And that, and this is why I chose to sort of anchor this story to physical places. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to Astoria, Oregon in the summer, every, every June they celebrate Goonies weekend. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and they do the same in, in, in Brownsville, Oregon. They do Stand By Me Day every summer. And they do uh, the resort in North Carolina where Dirty Dancing was filmed has the Time of Your Life week every August. Um, something about where these movies happened was as important to them as what it was as important to them as what they were. And to me, it was just a, a, a sort of testimonial that hid in plain sight that these were great movies and continue to be. Mm-hmm. Now, I love your background. Uh, you have a writing and a performing background. Uh, correct. Um, I, I went to the uh, I, creative writing department at Johns Hopkins University and, mm-hmm. um, and, and began in newspaper and magazine journalism. And I've also, I've also worked in, in, uh, in I, I've also worked in the theater and been a, and been a, a performing storyteller. Uh, and I want to add, you were the host of Frey Cafe, South by Southwest's annual evening of live storytelling. What was that like? Uh, yeah, there was a there was a, a 
well-regarded website for a very long time called Frey.com, which was an early, a real pioneer in the idea of storytelling on using the Internet as a medium. And the uh, creator of that, Derek Pawazek, did a live version of it for many, many years, both uh, in cities around the world and at South by Southwest Interactive in Austin. Mm -hmm. And I um, was a fan for a long time, and then I was a performer, and then when Derek wanted um, wanted to move on to other projects, I took over. Um, as the host of that series for, I believe it was about six years. I really find it interesting you did this book, Rat Pack America, because uh, I remember minoring in TV, radio, and film at Syracuse, and we studied uh, messages in film and classics, And uh, which brings me to my next question. You wrote this book, Practical Classics, 50 Reasons to Reread 50 Books You Haven't Touched Since High School. Yeah, that was my previous book. Uh, it came out in 2013, and I had this idea that as I was turning 40, it would be fun to look at the uh, my syllabi, my English syllabi from high school. And so mm-hmm. I called all my teachers, and I said, what did we read back then and before, after... After they were like, well, who are you and why are you asking that? <laughs> right. Um, they, uh, I went ahead and compiled this list of 50 books that not only I had probably read in high school, but that my parents' generation and that people currently in high school were reading. And I, I used it as an argument for why we should re- revisit our cultural past and why it's still relevant to us here in the present. And I have to say, I wasn't the best student early on in high school. (laughs) So these could be, if I was retitling it, it would be like 50 books I should have read that I didn't read the first time. Yeah, yeah, I had to make that argument in the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to make that argument in the uh, intro- introduction for exactly the same reason, I, I yeah. uh, it would be it would be stretching the truth to it's, say I had all read I read all of them or even most of them when I was a high school student. Exactly, and and as an adult, you you kind of look at it and go, oh wow, that's a great message. Just too bad I didn't get it back then, you know. Um, but it's great to revisit the classics. Yeah, I, I think like if there's a commonality between Practical Classics, my previous book, and Brat Pack America, my current book, it's that the past sort of exists for other, the past, culturally speaking, exists for other reasons other than to, uh, you know, sort of stand imperiously as I'm better than the present or for us to simply be nostalgic looking back towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, it... it what was it? Who was it? Nathaniel Faulkner, who said the past isn't even. Um, uh, said the past history isn't even. The present is not even the past. Or I, I'm mangling that. That's quote, okay. Something <laughs> about how the past is very present and with us at all times, and I, I really like that idea. I like. I like the idea that we don't. Uh, that just because you know we turn on the the news every day and something is brand new to us doesn't mean that everything that came before it is instantly forgettable and shoved in a drawer called the past. Exactly. Now, Kevin, the theme of the show, Get the Funk Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all been through funks. Uh, what are some things you do, uh, you're a creative person, to get the funk out? Oh, that's a good, such a good question. You know, I, I, given, given, the sort of, given the sort of divisiveness in our country right now, mm-hmm. I, I've been asked a few times, you know, like, like why should anybody care about your, your book about 80s movies, which is, a, which is a fun topic, but seemingly not a very meaty one. And, and what I frequently say is I what I frequently say is I, I think we are happiest when we have long memories when we um, because yeah. uh, memory equals perspective equals context equals hope you know mm-hmm. I, I typically find my funk sets in when I have a very short myopic idea of what my my problem is um, right. you know because, and that's when it seems intractable and and unsolvable yes. and I think if we if we are willing to sort of sit back and open our eyes wider and say, I have been here before and I, and I 
am still here now, and I will be here again. I, I feel like when we have that longer perspective, uh, as difficult as it is to come to it, I, yeah. I, I feel like we are ultimately happier, more hopeful people. Um, uh, and, maybe, and maybe that means that nothing is truly original, or maybe it just means that our common experience through, uh, through time is, is more similar with one another than we think it is. And I thank you, by the way, for that answer. And I, I do find that people that are artists and performers, we go through the deepest funks at times. Yeah, it, and it's, it's, it's very, when you spend all of that time, just you and your creativity, it's very hard. I mean, you, you need to, to a certain extent, in order to create, but it's also very hard to sort of see beyond your own nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and therefore, it's very, when you have, when you have sort of a, a lousy day in, in the white room, as Twyla Tharp calls it, yeah. um, it's, it's very easy to think, it's, it's very easy to see yourself as a failure, to see yourself never being able to make anything out of that white room. And that's when I feel, I feel like it's really important for people who are creative. And, that, and that's a very, that's, by the way, it's a much larger group of people than we think it is. Sure. I think it's very important for us to be willing to have creativity on all of these different years. You know, we, we tend to think it's only productive when it's super intense. And I think it can be intense, and I think it can be light, and I think it can be stopped, and I think it can be going slowly or even mm-hmm. at, uh, as well as going intensely. And I think that allows us to look outside ourselves. Because I, I, if I like to say if there are creative people who are totally capable of being inspired by only what's in their head, Good for them. Those people are, are supernaturally gifted. I'm one of those people who kind of needs stimulus from the outside. And if I need that, I'm effectively saying there is a world beyond my problem, which to me always helps. Well, let me add, I went to TEDx LA this weekend, yeah. and the theme was imagine and mm-hmm. creativity, and I need that. I love to hear stories of people that are doing all these great things and how they went through something and they discovered something and it was so fascinating yeah i think i I think the we like i said if you can get you know if 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 you if you can look at a a block of marble and say i can see the whole thing or the way brian wilson could you know hear every note of god only knows before Mm -hmm. he stepped into the studio i mean those people are are incredible I, i am not brian wilson or or Picasso or Joan Didion or Toni Morrison or any of those people, <laughs> I, I sort of need to be out and about um, imagining, imagining that, yes. that, um, that the, the world will tell me what I'm, what I'm supposed to be focusing my creative energy on. Um, and I think, like I said, I think that gives us the sense that, um, that our creative ruts and problems are not as permanent as we think they are. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole world out there that keeps on ticking. Um, and is uh, waiting for me to get out of my rut and join it. Yes. Where can people find out more about you and about your book? Oh, absolutely. Um, my website is kevinsmokler.com, which is just S-M-O-K-L-E-R. And I spend a lot of time in social media on Facebook and on Twitter, where my Twitter handle is Ouija, W-E-E-G-E-E. <laughs> I like that. Ouija. Cute. And you're also on the advisory boards of South by Southwest, I see. I, I, I was for, for many many years. I had mm-hmm. to, I had to remove myself in order to write this book. I couldn't I, I couldn't be a, a, a full time author and give it the time it deserved. Oh, but I yes, bet for many for many years. What's uh, next on your to do list or your you know dream list? Uh, it's funny. Like I, I think you'll under you and your listeners will understand. Like sort of the nature of creativity is it doesn't it doesn't 
ask for permission when it shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't knock or call ahead of time. Right. Um, so I, I've got like three or four book ideas I'm really excited to get to, but I'm also smack in the middle of of uh, the book tour for Brat Pack America. So I, I feel like I need to stay focused on it for the coming months until spring and, and, and be all, all 80s teen movies all the time until yes. then. And, of course, we have a bunch of anniversaries coming up next year. It's the 30th birthday of some kind of wonderful of Dirty Dancing of the Lost Boys, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of celebrating to do with fans of those movies. Oh, yes. I'm going to have to revisit some of these movies now. I mean, good, good. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to hear about people who are interested in this book. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in, Kevin. Oh, thank you for having me. This was great fun. All right, good. Take care. That was Kevin Smokler calling in to talk about his book, Brat Pack America. Our next guest is going to be calling in shortly. Danielle Krissa is going to talk about her book, uh, which is fantastic. Your inner critic is a big jerk. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.